You wondered whether I was going to show up, didn't you? Were you wondering? Greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. We're here. You're here. It's Shabbat. Baruch Hashem Yahweh. And what a blessing. We are in Maaseh Shlechim, the Acts of the Hebrews. Acts chapter 24 today. It has nothing, nothing whatsoever to do with our modern world. It has nothing whatsoever to do with your life or my life. It's total fiction, right? Wrong. We are in the 24th chapter. And what's so amazing is the parallelisms between that world and this world, and the connection is Yahweh's holy word and the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit in you and I, so that we can discern the times and the seasons and how to act in a world in which we do live. Sedition, defense, prison. Oh my goodness. In this world, since January, there are many people locked up still in Washington, D.C., in 10 square miles of the corporation called the United States, where they are being actually accused of sedition. They're not having the access to the available counsel that they should. And in Paul's case, he was accused of sedition. He was left for two years while Felix procrastinated. Again, what did he do in such a situation? Did he give up or did he press in? You see, there's so many things that we can learn from Shaul, Paul's life, as he spent his time in prison, in chains and in bonds. Because ultimately, this teaches the saints how to endure, how to have faith that actually moves in their very lives. Whether we're in chains, in this world, ultimately, if our faith allows us to be in chains to Mashiach, then we'll always be free. And this world right now is trying to take people's freedom. But if you're a slave to Mashiach, then you are free. Free indeed. So, blessings to you all in the chat. Greet one another, edify one another, and make those connections. We've got groups that are available six days a week at TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. I pray that you are blessed and that you keep one another in prayer. There are many that are afflicted in body and spirit right now, so please. Pray for the community of Torah to the tribes, all of us scattered all over the world. Yahuwah is gathering us in for such, such a time as this. Let's jump into the text, Acts and the 24th chapter. And after five days, Ananias, the Kohen Haggadah, the high priest, descended with the Zachanim, the elders, and a certain orator named Tertullus, who informed the governor against Shaul, Paul. And when he was called, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, seeing that by you we enjoy great shalom, we enjoy great peace, and that very worthy deeds are done to this nation by your care. 
we accept it always and in all places. Most noble Felix, with all thanks. What a sycophant, right? I mean, my goodness. But that I not weary you with long explanations, I ask you that you would listen to us in your kindness, just a few of our words. That's the opening text for us in the 24th chapter. Rav Shaliak Shaul, Rabbi Apostle Paul, is accused of sedition. He's in bonds. He's in chains. And Felix has procrastinated, and we will see by the 25th chapter, for two years. Why? Because he's looking for kickbacks. He's trying to access those dollars. He's looking for some money. A lot of what we're doing and seeing right now is because those in power are looking for kickbacks. They're looking for the federal dollars. It's all benefits and privileges, benefits and privileges, hidden contracts. Okay? Paul was left there for two years. Why? Because he had access to great wealth. Because the saints were, of course, gathering and they were sharing together and they were giving, saving and living. And Felix knew this. In fact, history records that he was one who liked a bribe. And so he would go and visit Rav Shaliak Shaul on a frequent basis, hoping that he would get that kickback. But Shaul stayed strong. Eventually, Felix was retired, and Festus comes in, and we'll see that in the 25th chapter. And he's like, well, why has he been left for two years? Sometimes we have to stay in maybe bonds or chains and affliction, and it can take some time. It's called the wearing down of the weak. But it's not the wearing down of the saints because ultimately the saints are always going to be victorious when we're in bonds to Mashiach. Or as the King Jimmy says, we're in chains to Christ, right? So let's proceed now. There's five things that really encapsulate this 24th chapter as I've been reading it. And of course, I will always try and relate it to our current world. Because I believe the scripture is alive and it passes from generation to generation and is applicable for our living to make us all that Yahuwah has us to be in this life. Five things. Number one, the hate train. The hate train. And we see that right here in the 24th chapter. Using speed and determination to get rid of of Rav Shaliach Shaul. The hate train. Number two, charged with sedition. What was the charge back then? Sedition against the temple. Well, today you've got a whole group being charged with sedition against the temple today. Don't think it's not a temple. The capital, the U.S. capital, is a temple. It is a temple, an occult temple, and it has been 
locked up in that architecture of Washington, D.C. since the foundation of this country. But it is a temple. And in fact, I think it was Pelosi that said that it was a temple that's been desecrated. Number three, and you can see it in verse two, we enjoy great shalom and that very worthy deeds are done to this nation by your care. What is that? It's called using peace and worthy deeds. Well, we're all in this together. You know, we just want to get along to cover up a conspiracy. Well, really, this is the benefit for the nation. It's the benefit of every... You know, you all need to make some sacrifices so we can get along. And they use that to cover up a conspiracy. Number four... The Pax Romana, the Pax Romana, as it was called, meaning the Roman peace. It wasn't really peace at all. We live in a time when they are using the Pax Romana against the people. It's a false peace. It's propagated. This is for the good of the nation. This is for the good of the global community. It's a Pax Romana. There is nothing new under the sun. Always an emphasis with the Pax Romana was on a military presence that would be guaranteed. How did they keep the Pax Romana in Judea? There was a military presence that was always there. And the Romans were masters of it. This is where the United Nations comes in. This is where the global conspiracy cements and we see its boots on the ground. It's a Pax Romana. There's nothing new. Of course, patterns and prophecy. And the fifth thing, we'll finish up with this, righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Because the first four, they fluctuate. There's a lot of human emotion involved. But the fifth is where we are to be. Focused on zadokah, righteousness. Focused on self-control. And focused on the judgment to come. Because if we can stay in the fifth point, then no matter what they do, we shall stand and we shall have the shalom that surpasses all understanding. And that is what he is training us for this generation, I believe. Be focused on the kingdom which is righteousness. Self-control over fear, over tongue, over anger. Don't get involved in the hate train. And above all, remember, there is a judgment to come. And we must steward our spirits, our body, our mind, our soul and our spirits so that we are able to walk over the ashes of the wicked 
and bend down upon our knees because every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Yahushua HaMashiach is the sovereign master of all. Stay focused. Time, it is of this world. But Yahweh is above and beyond time. And we know that it is from the foundations of the world. And he has foreknown us. So we just walk in his presence. Let's dive in with that introduction. Do you know how long it actually takes to put a trial together? I do. I do. The fact that Jerusalem, these officials... And the high priest and his whole entourage arrive within only five days. It's pretty remarkable. So much so that liberal theologians, they assume that this, this, is, this, this can't be historical, that this must be a later edition of some funky monk somewhere to try and bring forth some new revelation. It really, it couldn't have taken place. They say, no, 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 these liberal theologians, they assume that it just cannot be historical because they knew, as I do, that trials took months and sometimes years to organize. And still today we see that. Do you have a question? Oh, okay, I thought you were raising your hand. Oh, stretching your hand. Okay, okay, I thought, I thought you maybe had a question. Because, you know, I'm, I'm open to questions. If you've got questions, put them up in the chat. Redline us, and we might be able to get to them. I may be able to get to them after the teaching. I may not be able to answer them, but I will try. But you guys can also answer one another's questions while you're in the chat. But stay focused, stay focused. Look at these officials. Look at the high priest. They were forced to travel to another province. And they did so within five days. Liberal theologians say, well, this can't be historical. What this shows to me, yes, it was historical. And look how much the intent was for them to go against Shaul. That they would put that much effort. It was an entourage. They wanted him silenced. They wanted him deplatformed. They wanted him dead. Because for their agenda to continue, he had to be removed. That same thought process, that same zeal is being reflected today in the global. And I do use that word. Some of you out there don't like it when I do. Deliberately. It's being reflected across this world. This is an unheard of speed, and it should show you something. The determination of the synagogue of Satan to get rid of Rav Shaliach Shaul as soon as possible. And the origins of the hate train... The synagogue of Satan, that station is where the hate train is still coming and running from today. 
It's the same station, it's the same train, and it's stopping across the world community right now, and we'll be picking up people at every city stop in the not-too-distant future. Now, I know, there you are, I know some of you do not like it when I start to Greek you out. And you much prefer if I stay with the Hebrew Aleph Bet. But some of you actually enjoy the Greek. And you know, when the Englishman tries to pronounce Greek, it's just abysmal. Okay, it's really difficult for me. But those of you that do like Greek, go and check out your Greek alphabet. Okay? Currently, and I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to be deplatformed. But in case we are, you can always go and see us on BitChute, okay? But just for kicks and giggles, and use the googly-woogle for this one, if you look today, currently everything is talking about delta, delta, delta. Of course, we know that that is a Greek letter. Why don't you, just for fun, just go to kappa, which is, you know, what, four or five letters down the Greek alphabet? Type that one in and put the word variant at the end and see what comes up, okay? Because you've got about 16 more letters in the Greek alphabet that they've front-loaded for you. It's already up there on the Google because they have already front-loaded this stuff. And sometimes you'll see a date of 2023, 2024 with these Greek alphabet letters. We're only at Delta. If you don't think this is a conspiracy, then I, I, don't, I just don't know what to tell you. I mean, my goodness gracious me. But we live, we live in 1984, don't we? It really is remarkable to me. But there's a whole generation out there that don't even know what 1984 is. Anyway, again, I lost track. Let's get back onto it. The speed and determination that they were going to get five days, a whole entourage, shows you how they wanted to silence Rav Shaliak Shaul. And the correlation, of course, today is if you listen to the rhetoric coming out of the White House, you'll see that there is a speed and a determination to get rid of a whole segment of the population with the hate train that is gaining momentum each and every single week. Polarizing rhetoric, stigmatizing dissenters, and of course, how do you do that? Well, you have to call people names. Racist, Nazi, domestic terrorist, constitutionalist, anything you can do to come up to malign and fire up the hate train. And that's the rhetoric that you get today. And they were using that kind of rhetoric against Rav Shiliak Shaul. Yes, we see it in a religious context, but you don't have to understand today that this is a religion that they are pushing out there. It's not, like I said last week, it's not science. It's scientism. It's a religion. And again, the U.S. Capitol is their temple. Our war is not against flesh and blood, but principalities. 
Their presentation to Felix, it's somewhat difficult. So they've hired Tertullus. You see, the charges have to come from a Roman perspective, not a Jewish perspective, since Roman courts deal only with Roman issues in the text. They have to frame the argument. They have to frame the argument, and it cannot be in a Jewish perspective. It has to be in a Roman perspective. Today, they have to frame the argument in a secular perspective. If you can stay within the three words of which we, of course, adhere to, then there's going to be a problem. Look at it right here. That is why they hired Tertullus. They had to get it framed within a Roman perspective. We have to stay within our religious perspective. It's simple. I have three words, and that is a sincere, religious conviction. And that is where I will frame the house that Yahweh has me stand. I don't care to participate in hypocrisy because my sincere religious convictions prohibit me of participating in hypocrisy and they prohibit me from participating in global events that I believe are prophesied in the book of Revelation. So do what you will with the saints, but you stand on those three words because those three words frame everything. Even the secular demons honor those three words. Oh, they may try to hire Tertullus against you, but realize if you have sincere religious convictions, then you have something that supersedes Roman law. And do you know what it is? It's from the Creator. And you do not ask for something that you already have. This world is making people slaves because they're trying to get you to ask for something that you already have. It's called fundamental. Fundamental from the Creator. Therefore, we don't go begging to Caesar for some exemption because we already had it from before the foundations of the world. It's asinine to play in this hypocrisy. And it is a choice. You can choose to play, and you will pay. Because it's pay to play. Because there's a lot of people contacting me now, and they're concerned. Well, don't play. You won't get paid. 
If somebody wants to get paid, there's lots of checks out there coming your way, but you will pay. And you're seeing that. Anyway, there's so much going on, I have to stay focused. But I also admonish you to realize that we have fundamental human rights that come from our Creator. And if you can focus on your sincere religious convictions and stand on that square of righteousness, then you will be free from the fear and intimidation, threats and coercion that Satan and the Luciferic realm is trying to impose upon people. It's not complicated. And don't argue. We don't need to argue for something that we already have. Because this is an occult, satanic system that we're up against. And Satan has already been defeated. Already been defeated. So, they have to hire Tertullus because they have to frame the argument in the world. But Paul's not worried about being in the world, is he? He is going to stay focused on the kingdom, and that's what we are to do. The synagogue of Satan is demanding a guilty verdict. Shaul, of course, must be present at this pre-trial hearing, but it's virtually guaranteed it would go to trial. And it does. It does. Like I said, the hate train is gaining momentum, full steam ahead to swoop up Paul in this instance. And today you see the hate train is going full steam ahead to sweep up and swoop up all segments of society that would question the Pax Romanus. Maybe it's the unvaccinated. Maybe it's the conservative. Maybe it's the religious. Maybe it's the Christian. Maybe it's the messianic. Maybe it's the independent. Maybe it's the patriot. Maybe it's a constitutionalist. And that's now a bad word, apparently. Isn't that amazing? Pack them all into a nice little neat box and let's tie it with a ribbon, a manacle of chains, and call it domestic terrorism. They're domestic terrorists. And let's cattle cart them off because they really need to be re-educated and rehabilitated for the benefit and health and safety of society. I can see the writing on the wall. It will follow this model. Look what bloodline and offspring is behind all of this global hedge money. They aren't black, they aren't Latino, they aren't Indian. It's the same old offspring who's fathered the synagogue of Satan, using the Romans to do their dirty work, all under the guise of protecting humanity and working together for the good of mankind. And if you want to know more about that, we've got a great teaching called The Synagogue of Satan. They always use the same tactics. 
try and pit all the goyim against each other by stoking up ethnic, social, and societal disparity whilst they operate behind the scenes pumping up the war machine, which of course is the Pax Romanus, overinflating the economic market and then dropping the hammer and imploding it all on a self loathing society that has been raped and torn from within. Then they charged him, of course, with sedition against the temple. And today you have all walks of life being charged with sedition. Again, not against the temple, but against the U.S. Capitol, which is their occult temple all being used as political pawns to bring the hammer down on the self-loathing goyim as you all fight about race and inequality, not realizing that it is a multi-ethnic people that Yahweh is calling out, a mixed multitude gathered together in equity, so that we can rise up as the people of Yahweh, all 12 tribes scattered abroad are gathered together. That is true equity. And we see it from Mitzrayim, Egypt, and it's now time to come out of Egypt and come to the mountain of Yahweh, where we will see that he is with his people I hope people can see that. Look at verse 2. We enjoy great shalom and that the very worthy deeds are done to this nation by your care. You see, they always make it sound so good. The officials are there, you know, because they care for you. You did know that, didn't you? The officials are there because they care for you. They only intend to keep you safe. They make sure that you can enjoy great peace. But you're all belligerent little children, and you can't take care of yourself. So therefore, we need to step in and make sure that we can take care of you. And you've all demonstrated that by acquiescing and taking all the benefits and privileges. You've demonstrated that you're a little child, that you can't take care of yourself. Well, it's the same old thing. In reality, we know that the long period of peace spoken of in verse 2 under Felix was accomplished how? By killing and imprisoning everyone opposed to Felix. He suppressed the Egyptian revolutionary that was, of course, mentioned a few chapters back in chapter 21 in the 28th verse. How did he do that? By ridding Judea of all alleged robbers. The Pax Romana, as it is called, Roman peace, was always an emphasis and the military presence guaranteed that any trouble would be severely and quickly dealt with. You will see the modern equivalent of Pax Romanas this winter, is my belief. When the officials start flattering a senile and inept leader like Felix, you know it's just a matter of time 
before the prime leader is deposed by a more authoritarian one. Felix de Festus, how long will the inept leader currently be on the throne? When you've got people flattering a senile and inept leader, it's just a matter of time before he's deposed in a coup. Felix, of course, ended up being recalled in disgrace. And if anyone paid attention to what was on the laptop, then our leader would be recalled in disgrace as well. We can only pray for the same. Of course, it's happening in California right now. It will happen in D.C., I believe. I hope it happens in Canada. Well, the U.K. and France, I don't know. I mean, you've got tear gas and terror. This is how these people operate. Anything to keep their stronghold of power. But Newsom's being recalled. Inept. 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 Felix was recalled in disgrace. But was Festus any better? Verse 5. We have found this man a pestilent fellow and a mover of sedition among all the Yahudim throughout the world and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarene who also has gone about to profane the Bet HaMikdash, whom we took and would have judged according to our Torah. Verse 7. But the chief captain, Lysias, came upon us and with great violence took him away out of our hands, commanding his accusers to come to you, so that by examining him yourself, you will have the knowledge of all these things of which we accuse him. And the unbelieving Yahudim Jews also agreed, saying that these things were so. As believers, we should not, we cannot be involved in accusations. Don't accuse one another. Online, in the chat, in the comment section, don't accuse, because accusations kill. Ultimately, they kill the accuser because it sets a snare in which, of course, they fall. But for a time there, those that accuse think that they will receive a benefit and a privilege. But we are not to be accusers. And if we are accused, we should rejoice. We should rejoice. And you'd never engage in the accusation because ultimately we know that it is luciferic in its origins because Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So you must again stand. Paul doesn't argue. He stands. And he knows that Yahweh is with him throughout the fire. Verse 10. Then Shaul, after the governor had motioned to him to speak, answered, Knowing that you have been for many years a judge of this nation, I gladly speak for myself. It is always best to present yourself. 
Because the moment you acquiesce for somebody else to represent you, then that is raising up a dead man. Present yourself. Nobody can speak for you better than the Ruach HaKodesh within you. But you have to be able to stand. And this whole world is set up on this Roman system of somebody representing you. Meaning you lie down dead and then they step into your grave because now you're dead. Now you're a dead man. And then they represent. You see, this is how the Roman system works. It's been around for thousands of years. And this is where our laws today, they all are from this ancient way of dealing with things. But there's a better way. And this is demonstrated in Paul's life. There's four charges that are reduced by Tertullus in verse 5, okay? Let's focus on these four charges that are reduced by Tertullus in verse 5. Focus on this, and I think you'll see some amazing things. Number one, that Rav Shaliak Shaul, Rabbi Apostle Paul, is what? He's a troublemaker and a public menace. Have any of you been accused of such a thing as that? I know I have in the past. A troublemaker and a public menace. Eominous in the Greek. A plague in the Hebrew. Belial. Belial. That's what it means. Number two, he's a Stasi. In the Greek, it's a Stasi. Stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. The Hebrew word here is Nacham. And it's found in the book of Joshua, Yehoshua, in Joshua chapter 10. So the Greek word is Stasi. I think they used that in uh, Eastern Germany, didn't they, back in the day? The Stasi, right? Okay. It's the Hebrew word nakam. It's found in Joshua chapter 10. And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the nation had avenged. There's your Hebrew word nakam that's translated into the Greek word stasi. They avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Yashar, in the book of Jasher? The question I have. When are you and I going to say enough? When's enough? How much more of this absolute bananas, nonsense, are you going to play around in? How much more? When is enough? When will we avenge ourselves on our enemies? That's the question. The third charge adduced by Tertullus in verse 5, is that Rav Shaliak Shaul, he's a ringleader. He's a ringleader of the Nazarene sect. Now, usually this is mistranslated in, in the King Jimmy into the Nazarene sect. 
But we were first called Nazarene, which of course is a fulfillment of the prophecies that Yahweh would save a preserved remnant. Listen, a preserved, this is you, a preserved remnant people of Israel, just as in the times of Eliyahu. Because we are in the days of Eliyahu. We are in the days where we are returning to the Torah of Moshe, Yahuwah's servant. And the hearts of the fathers are turned to the children. And the heart of the children are turned to their fathers. As the earth is being smitten with a virus. I'm not making this stuff up. The term Nazarene, meaning preserved, meaning watchman. Unfortunately, today, in modern Hebrew, Nazarene means Christian. In modern Hebrew. Which is very misleading because it lumps everybody into the miry clay of Constantine. I guess you could use Netzarim, as Netzarim means branches, seeing that we are the true branches of the vine. But regardless, the world will always consider us heretics, ready to pass judgment upon us. So don't worry about it. Just expect it. You're going to be judged. You're going to be accused in this world. It matters not. It matters not. People take it personally. It matters not. This is the time for us to flourish when a world is full of accusations, hypocrisy, and theory, and speculation, and judgment, and condemnation, and hate. What better time to thrive when you have a whole society that is getting indebted and putting themselves in slavery, what better people to thrive than the people that Yahweh said, don't indebt yourself, don't become surety for anybody else. Do not strike a hand in a pledge for a stranger. I will deliver you from Egypt, from slavery. That's us. What better time for us to thrive? I admit, I've been a part of the problem. Getting a bit fearful, especially with the revelation in 2020. But all that to say this. We were born to thrive in a society of indebtedness, of slavery, of fear, of hate. That's what Yahweh does is deliver people out of that so that they can be a great light. This isn't religion. This is reality. Our Elohim is alive. Yahushua sits upon the right hand of the Father, interceding for us daily. He is our mediator in all times. And the Holy Spirit will be with us to give us the words and to give us the victory in all things if we will just stand. But in a society that is circling the drain, it is the people that Yahweh is pulling out of that that will be like the stars in the heaven 
and the sand on the seashore. Soft underfoot and a bright and sparkling light to those that are dying. Now I'm working trying to be soft underfoot because I'm being sharp like glass. But I'm trying to be soft underfoot. But you know, I've got a lot of history of fighting. But I don't have to anymore. And that is a beautiful thing. All right, the fourth thing. He tried to desecrate the temple. That's the fourth accusation. Oh my. Well, of course, we know this year. They tried to desecrate the temple. You know, the United States Capitol. You see how it works. None of this persecution would, of course, have been possible without the synagogue of Satan working hand-in-hand with Pax Romana, the system of judiciary. Look at verse 13. This is very fascinating. Neither can they prove the things of which they now accuse me. Remember this. The accuser always has the burden of proof. They have to proof up the claim. They have to proof up the claim. If you make a claim, then you have to proof it up. That's why I'm not in the business of making claims. I'm not making a claim. You go make the claim against me. You can call me this, call me that, accuse me of this, accuse me of that, and then, all right, now go proof up the claim. The burden is on the accuser, not the accused. Rav Shiliak Shaul knows this. But fear, intimidation, threats, is how accusers and Satan works, right? And most, the majority, have been trained to acquiesce to that. But not, not in the scripture. That's when we thrive. That's when we get the training for the next season of blessing. That's pretty powerful. And he says this. But this, verse 14, I confess to you that after the way, which they call a heresy, so I worship the Elohim of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the Torah and the Nevim, the prophets, regardless what rumors and traditions you may have been taught as true back in the Christian church, forget them. Here is what is of most importance for us. This is evidence. This is evidence that will hold up in a Roman court of law. And it is the first-hand testimony out of Rav Shaliuk's own mouth. This is his belief system and his relationship to Torah. So should we believe the rumors, the theory, and the speculation from behind the pulpit of a pastor, well, the Torah's done away with, well, this is abolished, well, we don't do that anymore, or should we believe the first-hand testimony of the Apostle Paul out of his own mouth that will stand up in a Roman court of law 
that is actually written and has been recorded and has worked its way through 2,000 years of his. Which one do you want to... Which one is prima facie evidence of the truth? Oh, well, I think it's the one that... Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it's the one that my pastor said. No, it's right here, isn't it? How can it be abolished? How can the Torah be nailed to the cross? How can it be irrelevant for us today when we have evidence right here that would hold up in a Roman court of law? Pretty powerful testimony. It doesn't matter what I say. doesn't matter what this pastor says. Doesn't. Let's listen to what the testimony out of his own mouth recorded through history in the living scripture says. It's pretty much a slam dunk deal, isn't it? It seems to be to me. What does he say? In essence, he's saying, my worship practices are temple-centric. They're Torah-centric. They're feast and Sabbath-centric. My diet and sacrificial approach is of the way of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. My belief, which is faith in action, is Torah and the prophets. That's what he's saying. How do we argue against that? Well, if we argue against that, that puts us in a controversy which aligns us with Satan, which is, of course is an occult religious system. Whether it's Roman Catholicism, whether it's the Protestant religions, many of these have their origins now in contentions and controversy, the great controversy of satanic religions, rather than actually accepting what Paul says and then returning it in honor. And there's freedom. How? Please tell me this. I've thought about this. Please tell me this. How could we ever come up with Pauline theology out of Paul's own very legal testimony, which was reliable enough for a Roman court of law? How do you get Pauline theology from this? You can't. It's irreconcilable with what he actually says in his own court testimony. So all of those liberal scholars or all of those great theologians that coined the phrase Pauline theology that is against the Torah, against the Sabbaths, and against the feasts, they're actually going against Paul's own, and own testimony that stood up throughout the time of history and a Roman court of law. Right here in verse 13 and 14, this is the prima facie evidence of how we're to live as New Testament Brit Hadashah believers. Pretty powerful stuff, isn't it? Look at verse 15. Having hope toward Elohim, which they themselves also believe, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust, it is for this reason that I labor to always have a conscience void of offense toward Elohim and toward men. So again, this is something that I'm learning in my life currently. Yes, I have sought to have a conscience void of offense toward Elohim since I got saved when I was 24. But I didn't do the second part. 
toward men. And now in this life, I realize that is what I really want to attain, toward Elohim and toward men, to not have a conscience of offense, which means to walk in honor and integrity and not to argue anymore. I don't need to, because Yahushua teaches us not to. And that gives us great shalom. We are to come inquiring. And when we come inquiring, we get the blessing. That's the easy way of life. And when I say easy, it's actually hard, but it's the narrow way. And what many fail to cognize is that the unjust, those who disbelieve, will also be resurrected. The unjust will also be, everybody that's ever lived will be resurrected. Every knee and every tongue will confess that Yahushua HaMashiach is master. Now some will be resurrected to judgment and they will be turned to ashes under the feet of the righteous, Malachi tells us. But there's no getting away from the Creator. All will go before the judgment seat of Mashiach. Verse 17. Now, after many years, I came to bring assistance to my nation and to rumor offerings, at which time certain Yahudim from Asia Minor found me cleansed in the Bet Dash, the temple, neither with a multitude nor with a tumult, who should be here before you and object if they had something against me? Or else let those here say, if they have found any evil doing in me while I stood there before the Sanhedrin. And verse 21, except it be for this one declaration that I shouted standing among them, it is regarding the resurrection of the dead that I am called into questioning by you this day. You see, we will be called to declaration also in this life. What will your declaration be? What will my declaration be? For Shaul, he chose the resurrection of the dead. That was where he was going to stand, and that was going to be his declaration. Because he had experienced being resurrected from the dead. Firstly, on the road to Damascus and had a hope and a belief that he would experience it again. And verse 22. And when Felix heard these things, having more exact knowledge of the way, he deferred and said, when Lysias, the chief captain, shall come down, hmm, then, when, then I will decide your matter. And he commanded a captain to keep Shaul, and to let him have liberty, that he should not forbid any of his acquaintances to attend to him or visit him. You see, when Felix examined the actual evidence, he found the Jews to be guilty of false witness. At first, there must have been a lot of fear there must have been a lot of fiction. There must have been a lot of all of this going on. But Rav Shaliak Shaul waited. And he waited. 
and he waited. This is our greatest strength as believers, as the children of Israel. Wait. 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 The writer of the book of Hebrews tells us that the saints said that this was the last days. And here we are over 2,000 years later in the last days. So many of you out there get yourself into trouble because you try to rush. You're looking for love in all the wrong places and you can't wait. And so you try and rush out and find a wife, find a husband, and then you end up in big trouble because you couldn't wait. You don't see the blessings of a job because you rush into something. You don't see the blessings because you rush, rush, rush. Stop. Wait. That is one of the biggest and best attributes of a believer. Patience of the saints. Let everybody else rush around, cause chaos and mayhem and arguments and fighting and this and just let it happen. I've always had this thought going back to the times of the prophets when they would set fire to the little fox's tails and let them run through the standing corn. Well then, let the field burn. And then when it's burnt down, you'll see what's left and what remains. And then it's time to rebuild. Because all this world that we can do is apply the Holy Spirit to good stewardship of our labor and energy. And sometimes things get burned down and taken back to almost nothing so that it can produce a hundredfold. And that's what this world doesn't want you to believe. So therefore, it's all about, oh, you're going to lose this, oh, you're going to lose that, oh, this could happen. Let it burn. Let it die on the vine. Then you'll see all the little demons run out of the standing corn. And then you'll be left... And you'll be able to see, okay, this is what we've got to work with. We've seen it in this ministry several times. I've seen it in my professional life multitudes of times. And I will see it again and again and again. And it is okay. We have to accept these things. We have to accept these things. And I'm preaching to myself more than I am to you, reassuring myself.
because it's all part of our... And we've got a nod in the back because you're going through it right now, aren't you, sister? Right? Right now. And there's many of you that have contacted me. Well, I'm going to lose my job because of this, because, you know, and I'm going to... I, the, threats, 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 threats. Right? Projection and fear. Well, what happens if I don't do this and this could happen? And we start to, we start to try... It's terrible. And when we operate in fear, we can't think clearly, which is why Satan wants you to operate in fear, because then you can't think clearly. The whole system is based upon fear, threats, coercion, and duress. And most people succumb to it because they cannot think clearly, so then they go pay money for somebody to say, yeah, now you're dead, I'll represent you. Any way I want. Sit down, shut up, you can't speak for yourself. I'll speak for you. Yahweh says, no, that's not how we live. Can you imagine Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel not having a voice? Can you imagine Yahusha not having a voice? Well, if you're represented, you have no voice. It's somebody else speaking for you. And usually, it's demon. Because it's not you. When Felix examined the actual evidence, he found that the Jews were guilty of false witness in chapter 24, verse 12. Because there were no disturbances of any kind, were there? Where is their disturbances? Paul made no disturbances. There were no conflicts. There were no disputes in the temple. There was no agitation in the Jerusalem synagogues. There was no problems anywhere in the city. It was all false. It was all fiction. So what were they doing? They were causing conflict for personal gain. That's the Roman system. That's our court system today. Stir up a controversy. Then get people to argue about the controversy, which oftentimes is a fiction. And then when you engage in that, well, then we need somebody to adjudicate. Right? This is the modus operandus of the synagogue of Satan. But Paul was innocent of all of it. This means Paul didn't even try to educate or debate anyone in the temples or synagogues. Why? Because their course was set, their path was chosen, and any arguing of the facts, the Torah, any arguing of the jurisdiction or the venue would have put Paul in dishonor, which was what his enemies placed all their scheming on. They placed all, that was their whole hopes, was that he would do that. Because in the end, who was found to be in dishonor? What does the record reflect here over 2,000 years later? Was Paul in dishonor? No. The record reflects over 2,000 years later who was in dishonor. And that is what we must count on, that Yahweh 
will settle the accounts. It's not for you and me to do. He will settle the... And how will he do it? Because we are participators with Yahuwah, not with Satan. Psalm 141. Set a guard, O Yahuwah, before my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. <laughs> a lot of us need to practice that daily. Right? And the high court is actually in agreement with Yahuwah on this in Miranda versus Arizona. So again, they can only follow their guidelines and we can only follow ours. And who's Trump theirs? Yahuwah's word or man's word? Yahuwah's Torah or man's law? Yahuwah's Torah, of course, is from before the foundations of the world. Let not my heart turn aside to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men who do work iniquity, and let me not eat of their delicacies. Right now, the temptation is that there's all this money circulation out there, and it is delicious, isn't it? I've got a check at home for $666. I'm not messing with you. What a tempt, not to me, but to a lot of people, that would be a, a temptation. What a delicacy. And it's for the relief of my children. Child relief. Relieve me of that burden of my children. And if I were to cash that, then I would be accepting that I want my children relieved from me. Insanity. Little delicious delicacies of bounties. Eating of their delicacies. You don't have to play in the sandbox of iniquity. It's an offer. It's all an offer. It's how you perform that matters. It's called compelled performance. They're compelling you to perform. How are you going to perform? In dishonor or honor? Are you going to partake of the delicacies offered to you or are you not going to partake of the delicacies offered to you? Come out of her, my people, lest you partake of her delicacies. And then it's on you. A lot of people are like, well, you know, I don't think that this is unconstitutional. Well, hang on a minute. We live in a commercial world. Did you agree to that? Well, then they have every right to do it to you because you signed up for it. We were not taught. Don't enslave yourself anymore. Keep me from the traps which they have laid for me and the snares of the workers of evil. Let the wicked, verse 10, fall into their own nets together while we escape. 
Yes, there's going to be a lot of threats. Yes, there's going to be a lot of coercion. Yes, there's going to be a lot of fear trying to convince you to take this, to do that, that you will lose this, that you won't get that. But ultimately, wait. Be patient. And you will see that they will fall into their own traps. There's going to be a price to pay if you take that. There's going to be a price to pay. Just wait. One thing that saints have is time. Whether it being in bonds or not, it matters not. Because ultimately we will exist outside of time in the resurrection. So what is this life? It is the in-between. Betwixt. Betwixt. Did a teaching called Betwixt, I believe. Go check that out. Oh, there's so much to say. But Yahweh is faithful if we walk in his ways and don't enter into the arguments, don't enter into the claims, don't enter into the defenses, don't enter into the pleadings, and don't enter into the settlements with Satan. Verse 24. And after certain days... When Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was a female Jew, he sent for Shaul and heard him concerning the faith in Mashiach. Verse 25. And as he reasoned of righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go your way for now. When I have some time, I will call for you because he hoped also that money should be given to him by Shaul, that he might free him. Therefore he sent for him often and communed with him. But after two years, Pont, um, Porcius Festus succeeded Felix, and Felix, willing to do the unbelieving Jews a favor, left Shaul in prison. Now, Luke finishes up here with three major topics, and then we'll see you in the chat. So if you have questions, redline us in the chat. And please, while you're there right now, please take the time to give us some thumbs up. Go on right now and hit the bell, the notification bell, so that when we upload and put a new teaching up, you'll be notified. It really does help. Because I tell you, one sheep returning to the fold is worth, worth so much when there are so many being scattered, scattered, scattered by the enemy. We are here to gather, gather, gather. And doing those thumbs up does help with all the algorithms, so please do it. And if you're watching this later, put some edifying comments down in the section below, in the comments section. Put some scriptures in there. Don't argue with one another. Don't enter into controversies. There's other ministries where you can do that. We want to build up the children of Israel scattered abroad, a multi-ethnic congregation of Israel. Come on, people. We're living in these amazing times, and this ministry is about gathering, 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 edification, clarification, and being a clarion call to the lost. And yes, I like conspiracy. And yes, I like to get into a little bit of, you know, all of that. But 
we've got bigger plans. There's a bigger picture, right? We're going to finish up with three major topics. Zadakah, righteousness, spelt in the Hebrew with the Zadi, Dalit Kufche. Number two, we're going to deal with Musar, self-control, spelt Mem Vav Samach Resh. You know what I prefer instead of using the word spelt? What do I prefer, Moshe? Styled. Because we're not getting involved in witchcraft here, right? And so many of our English words come from that occult realm. So let's not spell anything anymore. Let's just style it out, right? In fact, the government recognizes that. It's not called the government spelling manual. It's called the government styles manual. They know that, how everything is styled out. But the occult, they do what? Occult writing. Automatic handwriting. It's all spelled out. Could you please spell your last name? If you go into a court of law today, they will all, always ask you before you testify to spell your last name. Why? Because it's all putting you into that commercial contract realm. But we style. So therefore, let's look at the third one, and it is a mochrath mishpat, and of course that is styled. Mem resh tav, and of course, mem shin pe tet is how it is styled. So, the first one, zadakar, righteousness, it covers three levels. And we'll finish up here. The first is, we receive forgiveness by the blood of Mashiach, and being declared righteous in Yahuwah's sight. That's the most important. The second, and this is where the Christian church stops. Right? Oh, all it is is about being declared righteous by the blood of Messiah, and now we can go back into the world, and we'll see you next Sunday for another sermon. No, that's only the first level. The second level of righteousness is right conduct. Now, let me clarify before you go off on a tangent here and think I said something which I didn't. There is only one way to salvation, and that is the first level. Very clear. But then, because you gain the salvation... It will leave you, lead you into the deeper level of what? Right conduct. If you love me, you've gained salvation because now you have relationship. It's all relationship-based. You can never earn it. You can't do Torah works to earn your salvation. You can't keep commandments to earn. It's a gift, and it's through conversion and circumcision of heart. Clarification, just because there are some hyper-messianics out there, which say, you know, it's works-based, works and faith. No, it, it's all faith. But then, if it's true, then it leads to the second level, which is right conduct. That's the keeping of commandments. And then the third layer is achieving justice. In 
one's treatment of others, which is equity. This is where I am in my life right now, and this is my struggle, just personally. The first level, I gained. It was a free gift and when I was 24. I stayed there for almost a decade because I was in the traditional Christian church. And that was all that I was taught. Then, in the early 2000s, I, I started to see, well, hang on, there's another level here, which was right conduct. That was the keeping of the commandments of Torah. And then I threw myself into that second level for many years and almost became a militant messianic. You can look back in the history in the archives and see some of my teaching. But now, where I'm at in my life, through the trials and tribulations of this world, I realize that it's about equity. It's all for me about achieving justice in my treatment of others. Now, my wife is watching this most probably. She's like, okay, she's going to nail me on this third one, right, Moshe? Because, of course, the home is always where the trials begin. Look at Abraham and Sarah. Look at the patriarchs. The home, the half, is where you're tested most because you've got to get it right there. But ultimately, once one starts to practice these things, then we should start to go out into the world to do it. Now, it's easier for me to try and practice it out in the world than it is at home. My son be looking at me and saying, yes. But this is really the three layers that I see for us to be truly complete in him. Receiving forgiveness by the blood of Mashiach, that is salvation and being declared righteous before Yahweh's sight. But then that leads to right conduct. If you love me, you keep my commandments. And then we are to achieve the third level of achieving justice, which is our treatment of others. You can demonstrate that in your treatment of one another in the chat. Your treatment of one another in the comment section. If all the comment section is going to be used is to argue with one another, then is that equity? No. Just shows the immaturity. I hope that we can be different. I really do. And then the second one, self-control, the Hebrew word musar. This expands the statute on righteous conduct. And it comes out of a Hellenistic state of self and fear. Instead, we're to gain control over our desires. We're to gain control over one's desires and virtues, which means more than sheer discipline. It means more than human rationale, but a relationship. If I have a relationship with Yahuwah, then this is where I get assistance from Yahuwah. And this is sought through the spiritual realm rather than the natural realm. Okay? Self-control. And thirdly, the judgment to come. Paul, he isn't so concerned about Roman judgment. But the judgment to come. 
Because we know that ultimately there will be an accounting. There will be an accounting and it will be before the Son. So, brethren, the third one is very real for you and I today because there are all kinds of mandates and orders from the Roman government going out across Judea, using allegory and metaphor here for you. But don't be concerned about that. Yes, there's going to be judgment. You're going to be judged, and I'm going to be judged, for sure and for certain, in this world. But if we focus on the judgment of this world, then we'll be in fear and never be all that Yahweh wants us to be. We're to be focused on the judgment of the world to come. Because this world's judgment means nothing, even if it's the burning down of the field. That means that you're ripe for the harvest. Ripe for the harvest. Time to rebuild, just like the prophet Isaiah said. He'll take it all the way down to the studs if he has to. Felix, at this point, he gets convicted. He gets convicted. And this is shown by the fact that he, verse 25, trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. But alas, that seed of conviction did not take root in Felix's life. Because over the next two years, he fell into the sin of Judas. Desire for mammon. Desire for a settlement. Desire for a bribe. And he scheduled his next season, which was misery and poverty. So what we do have is patience. Let it play out and let Yahweh intercede. Too many times we try to rush ahead. We try and prevent things from happening. But ultimately, if we stand back and let the glory of Yahweh be revealed in our lives, that's where the blessing is. Some of you have rushed ahead. Some of you are trying to make things happen, and it will not turn out well. Learn from my mistakes and learn from the mistakes of the saints before. One thing that we see throughout Scripture is that we are to be patient the promise given to Abraham it did not materialize that day did it in the next generation or the ne it happened 400 years later and as the writer of the he book of the Hebrews says book of the Hebrews book of Hebrews said you know we are in the last days well, that was 2,000 years ago. So patience is key. Patience is key. Let's see what you have to say in the chat. And again, you can redline me. I have no idea. I don't know why. I feel like um, I've been going long here. All right. I'm coming back. 
to the live chat here. Ah, ah. Okay, I don't know if I'm going to get red line. I'm on my phone here because I forgot my power cord. But there you are. All right, let's see. I don't think I'm going to get red lines here. Give me a give me a second. That's your. Can you see it on your um, device there, Larry? Got people from all over here tuned in, tuned in. Let's see if what I've got to say here. If I can see anything. Oh, here we go. Truth like Velcro. Shabbat Shalom. Truth like Velcro. Let's see. I'll set this. Yeah, the red line isn't working on the small device here. Truth like Velcro says, thank you for your teaching. It appears that Shaul was up against, up against Romans for sedition and Jews for heretical heretical teaching no way to win with the modern versions except truth poor foxes poor foxes well the way to win is of course to stand in on your square and to stand in equity which is exactly what Yahushua do, did which is not to engage not to engage in the arguments there's no point because their mind is set their course is set, their traps are set, and that is exactly with the synagogue of Satan. Two years later, they were still intent on killing Paul if he had gone to Jerusalem. And he said, no, I appeal to Caesar. They were intent, their mind was set. You can't change people's minds. You can only change yourself. We cannot change what people do. We can only change how we act and react. So, anyway, Shabbat Shalom, Juan to Noel. Juan to Noel. Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters, praying for you all, and extra prayers always for the Nolan family. Thanks for always being here. Well, thank you also. And please pray for our brethren. There are so many that need prayers right now. We have people that have been afflicted in with pains in their bodies we have people that have been afflicted with um, muscular tensions we have people that have been afflicted with the coof um, so please pray for the saints in those areas because this is a time when we all need prayers and I thank you so much for those of you that do pray for me and my family it is so much coveted in a righteous way, your prayers. Angela, bonjour. Bonjour to Angela, bonjour. Ah, Bobby Sue says, come out of pharmacia, beloved. All of it, all caps. For there is no sorcery against Yaakov, nor is there any divination against Yisrael and enter spiritual warfare. So definitely, yes, spiritual warfare, the prayers of the saints. Time 
to awake people, says thus, Sad to say my dearest family members are making compromise with sending two kids to HS after homeschooling their nine children previously. Not sure what is next. A, the V word, to stay in HS, granny dislikes. Not sure if I can comprehend that right now on the fly, but we can review that later. Um, let's see. Oh, okay, okay. Now I'm getting lots of chat. If you have a question, put it up in the chat, please. It's a little bit more difficult here. More, more difficult. Here's a great one. Paddy Dobbs. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. I don't know what the MOTB is. Oh, MOTB, the mark of the beast. This is from TP. Should we ever bother sharing God the God? Yeah, I, we always must be willing in season and out to share, okay? Because we don't know. We cannot. Now, the scripture says do not judge. Now, many people misunderstand that and say we can't judge. Well, hang on a minute. We make judgments all the time. But what we're not to do is to judge someone's eternal destiny. We don't know. We don't know. The thief on the tree, you could have judged that his eternal destiny was set, but it changed in an instant. We don't know. I make judgments all the time. Every single day, I, I make judgments. I judge every day, but I do not judge somebody's eternal destiny. So therefore, we are always should be in season and out of season ready to proclaim the gospel to the lost. Now, if they reject it, then you shake off the dust of your feet and you go to the next. But you give it a crack, right? If the Ruach leads you. Okay? We make judgments all the time, but we're not to judge. Oh, this person's taken the mark of the beast. They're eternally damned. I don't know such a thing as that. That's the judgment we're not to make. We cannot judge men's souls. That's Yahweh's job. We can judge men's actions. We can, we can judge the, you know, all kinds of things every day. Right? All right. Uh, here's a good one from Beam Shine at Torah to the Tribes. But we must not cast our pearls before swine, and that needs judgment. Exactly. So again, there's that balance, isn't there? So you have, you have to. Okay, so there was a time where I would, back in the day, 
I would go up and engage in conversations with um, the JWs when they were on the street with all their paraphernalia. Okay? I tried it. But then I realized they do not want to change. They are locked and loaded into their dogma and doctrine. Okay? I've also tried it with the Mormons. That doesn't work for me. I have found because they are locked and loaded in their doctrine and the dogma and they are not willing to receive. So therefore, I don't engage in that anymore. I just walk straight on by. That's somebody else's battle. I've got other things that I can be doing with. I am not going to get into a controversy with those of the occult religion. Now, I also have um, associates and friends that are involved in, you know, maybe other religions that are open and respectful of my belief system and that we have great conversations. Sometimes it's because we both share the same father, meaning Abraham is our father, okay? I have a friend who's a Muslim, right? And um, we have great conversations. But Abraham is my father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, there's a difference in his belief system because, of course, we had the split in the family line. But this is a great conversational base for us, right? He, we go from Abraham, but there was a family split after that, and you got Ishmael, okay? So, but that we, if I take it back to Abraham, then there's some common ground. Does that make sense? And there's mutual respect. But that's not going to happen with, with everyone that believes in Islam, right? It depends on where that person is at. Because if you try that in uh, maybe Saudi Arabia, then, you know, it's a quick way to the sword. So you've got you to you weigh these things. But you don't write people off. I don't. I don't. I think there's opportunities everywhere. I'm glad that I wasn't written off. Because you could have seen me 30 years ago and go, that guy is, man, <laughs> right there, that guy is destined for hell. And 30 years ago, I was. But praise Yahuwah that somebody didn't write me off. So I'm so thankful for that. So be very careful being too quick to write people off. And I think that there are some wonderful people out there that truly just have, um, you know, believed many, many of these falsehoods. And they've never been presented with the true, true gospel. We are RAS. What does that mean, land and sink? What's a RAS? R-A-S, all caps. I don't know. What does R-A-S mean? What does it mean? Thank you, Josh Yars R-L. May Yahweh heal those in need of healing in Yahusha's name. Baruch Hashem Yahweh. Baruch Hashem Yahweh. Well, you guys... Oh, there's the there, there goes the 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 uh, alarm. Here's a good one from Paddy Dobbs. Shabbat shalom, Paddy Dobbs. Eliezer stood at the well and asked Yah to send the person he was chosen when going to get Isaac's wife. We could do the same with people to minister to instead of shotgunning strangers. That's excellent. Very good. Very good. Again, pressing into the ruach hakodesh. Very nice. I like that. I like that. Some hokma right there. There's some wisdom right there. My brother. My brother. 
You guys, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of needles and stuff being thrown up in the chat here. You're taking the little emoji and needles. I wonder what that's all about. <laughs> uh, yes, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. All right, we'll finish with one one more here. Let's see. Here's Chad in Texas. Revelation 14.12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of Yahuwah and the faith of Yahusha. That's exactly it. Thank you so much. We see it manifest with Paul. Patient. Two years. Two years. He's just hung up there in no man's land while Felix is trying to get a bribe trying to get a settlement out of him, right? What does Paul do? Is he panic? No. And they, they're going to try and kill him. He knows. Two years later, they're still like ready to, take, to try and get him to go to Jerusalem, ready to attack a Roman cohort and all, the, all of the repercussions of what that would entail, meaning they, they would have done anything, even lose their lives at the hands of the Romans just to kill him. But Paul stays faithful. He stays faithful. And he petitions what? Caesar. He runs, he makes an appeal. He goes through the judiciary system. Because there's always time for an appeal. Just drag it out even longer. And guess what he does? He drags it out even longer and he gets his greatest works. The writings of the, to the Romans. And all of many, many of the greatest works of Rav Shaliaksha all were done because he prolonged this out. Yes, he didn't receive ultimate freedom from chains, but he did metaphorically and ultimately he did in the resurrection. But we are the recipients of this great work in the Brit Hadashah because Rav Shaliaksha all was long suffering. And that's what we should take away in this day. Because those that give in right now are reacting, speaking too quickly, assenting to things that maybe you shouldn't, giving in. <gasps> I'm going to lose my job. Oh, this might happen. This could happen. Oh, my. Let's just be, be patient. Because you will see that those that have acquiesced will actually fall into the very trap that has been dug. Oh, much to think about, isn't there? What a time to be alive. Let's tune in again next Shabbat. Give us some thumbs up, subscribe, and bless one another. Remember, you can always connect six days a week at TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. And please consider giving to this ministry through your tithes and your offerings. Thank you so much for your stewardship and for being so faithful over all of the years and being long-suffering with me when I'm sometimes, oftentimes, my friends would say, long-winded. Shabbat Shalom.
brought up 